about type two games and then <laughs> oh type two fun yes type two you want me to fun. talk about type two fun again let's, talk, talk, let's about... talk about type two fun for, for a minute all right might, i'll talk about this type... might be an actual show at some point or it might, might do a whole show right now i don't know we'll see this is <laughs> this is totally flying by the seat of the pants and the beard perfect yeah yeah so hikers and other uh outdoorsy types and exercise types have this notion of uh type one fun and type two fun, right? Type one fun is the kind of things that people normally classify as fun. I went to a party. I, you know, uh, hung out with my friends. Uh, we did some dancing, you know, like I had a good time. And they would tell people after the fact that they had a good time. But then they all have this different experience, which they call type two fun, which is, you know, I was slogging through the mountains and we almost fell off the slide of the cliff and it was raining and <laughs> it was miserable. And I've never had so much fun <laughs> after the fact they tell everyone I've never had so much fun. It was so great to go and like slog through the mountains. Uh, and so there's this notion of like, there's things that aren't uh, fun in the moment, but when you recall them to yourself and when you tell people your story about it, you say, Oh, that was great. I, I'm glad I did that. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was amazing, right? And they call that uh, type two fun, even though it was kind of miserable in the moment. Um, and, you know, uh, we just had a friend, you know, uh, Paul, friend of the show, uh, who was playing 10 Candles, and I had mentioned that, you know, it wasn't uh, usually my cup of tea. Like, I got to be in a very, very specific mood for something like 10 candles and i think but, it's because the 10 candles brings this kind of uh type two fun right it's like but see i don't uh, see like <laughs> i 10 candles no one is in the mood for 10 candles like <laughs> no one is in the mood for 10 candles like it is some can be some very dark shit and probably is some very dark shit and yet is an experience that you're not going to have with pretty much any other thing. Like it does the right. thing better. It now the problem I somewhat see with type two fun is it can verge severely into disaster tourism. Right. Especially with tabletop games. Like, like it, it's sort of like type two fun can be, it has it has its own problems because you could say, oh, I had a lot of, oh, work was terrible, but we really, you know, like we got through it and it was, it we had, we got, we had good times, like good times. Yeah. And we had and, solidarity and like, yeah, yeah, we made it through and yeah. Um, it's, yeah, really I don't know. I mean, sometimes people are in a, in the mood for a tragedy or a horror movie, right? Like some people are like, oh, it, it's time to like do something loaded with negative emotions, right? That like, okay, you know, we're going to watch, you know, King Lear, or we're going to, you know, watch a horror movie or, you know, we're going to do something like that. Um, 
I don't know. I think sometimes people are in the mood for, I mean, type two fun. I, I, I think there are, I'm, I'm saying 10 candles in, in particular, because it's not sure. something you're just going to whip out on the table. Like it's going to be planned. Like there's a, like it, horror movies definitely fall into this, uh, into this, uh, type two fun can, I mean, some people, you know, that's their type one fun, but it, it, there, there is a, you know, it's like the saw movies. You, it's like, is that really like, you know, you're looking for the, uh, the, the emotional reactions of, you know, like Friday the 13th or like, uh, uh, you know, some of these other, like some of these campier movies are fun in their own way. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Right. But like, like watching like the saw movies where these people are getting tortured. Right. Like, I'm sure there are people out there that enjoy them. They've made 10 of the stupid things or more. I don't, I don't quite understand how that's still going, even though the guy died like two or three times ago. Uh, um, but there's definitely like a, I think type two, you're looking for an emotional reaction that is not just like, it's right. not I've got new raccoon loot. sky pirates or you know <laughs> not the kind of bubbly happy fun that, yeah right there are many like it people that go uh mudding or whatever like these <laughs> these mud racers um oh hmm? uh yeah I think you're right about the other type of fun though the the like power fantasy grind up one like tier of better gear better levels right you like uh you mentioned that previously uh but there's a certain kind of fun in you know diablo style click on the thing and get better right get better gear do better right but i i think i'm with you when you said you were kind of burned out on that kind of yeah i i think i i realized this quite quite some time ago it's like i don't i don't have a reaction so like, I mean, I'm sure I do in some level there, you know, call it just like, oh, I got another level. Like, well, whoopee, like I don't, I, I, you know, or I got another, uh, I got a new sword or whatever. That's cool. But like, if it like had this, you know, I was my sword that I accidentally killed one of my, uh, close friends now and that they now inhabit that sword and now i have an emotional uh attachment and conversation with that sword you know that is vastly more interesting i'm not burned out on that right i'm burned out on like hey uh so we're gonna like go we're just gonna like try and get as much gold as possible like right that can be fun but it's it's all about the camaraderie ship and you know for me anymore it's really it's really difficult to be excited about that sort of thing yeah i agree with you there you know like i think any game that kind of can elicit a weird emotional response in me like that's pretty you know that's pretty unusual right you know uh and there are positive versions of that you know like uh there are games like starcrossed or whatever i mean although starcrossed does bend towards tragedy um because you are uh 
you know, tragic love, lovers, tragic faded, lovers. tragic lovers. Right. Yeah. You, you shouldn't, you really shouldn't be together. And it, the, the game is not joking about the fact that you shouldn't be together. Right. Like uh, it's not just that, you know, Oh, it would look bad or whatever. There's like real social consequences and real, uh, real world consequences or whatever. Um, there. So, you know, unless you do very, very, very well in the Jenga game, it, you're, uh, <laughs> It does bend towards tragedy also. Uh, but yeah, sometimes games like 10 Candles that are just like, you know when you're getting there, like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a grand, a grinding, like hopeless tragedy. Like <laughs> everything you love is going to die. And like, uh, but yeah, I, 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 that's tough to sign up for, right? I don't know. <laughs> it is tough to sign up for, but I think it's one of those things where, like, everything that's in tabletop up to a certain point, and and maybe Call of Cthulhu might be the first version of this, mm -hmm. is designed as a power fantasy, as a uh, you're you're spiraling upwards, right? That there there is a, um, you can get to the you can get to the summit, but it it relies like sometimes the the highest peaks are after the lowest the lowest valleys. The highest peaks mm -hmm. feel better, right? It, you if you if you get have some it it for it makes the story more alive, in my opinion if you have something like that, or if you can lean, if you know what's going on, you can kind of lean into it and, and really try to put yourself in that headspace, which is what I did with 10 candles when I was playing it. Cause it's like when, when you're like, okay, so I, un, you know, everybody like talks about when they write their backstory, like, or if they, if they, even, nobody, almost nobody really writes backstories anymore, but like, you know, not giving the game master too many hooks to allow them to like pull the pull the family out of it to like dangle in front and you know the evil right. manipulator. But like, in, in, in everyone's an orphan loner, <laughs> right? I don't care about anything. I just want to get some gold. Like, yeah, okay. That it, it's not not that much, not very interesting anymore, and and like. Yes, I think I think everybody should when they're playing, you know, essentially Dungeons and Dragons or something like that, that they should have these connections of the world that I think it makes it richer if the game master is able to use those. But like in a in a game where, you know, these things are going to happen, like I, uh, I we were playing, I think the opening was like it was we were in a mall and we were relatively safe, but like things were happening and I was like a high school kid who had a high school girlfriend and we didn't know where that was going. And it turns out that like we find her at the army base where everybody got, you know, evacuated to. And then of course she gets killed and it's just like, and then like spoilers for 10 candles. There's a recording at the beginning as your character well, after everything is over, you listen to it again. And it's very impactful the way that ends up happening. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's an amazing killing feeling. And, you know, the, the other part of Type 2 Fun in role-playing games is, is bleed, is the emotions kind of 
don't end when you're the game is over right and that's right. to me even more rare than um just having emotions actually connecting between the characters yeah when you're still thinking about the game the next day you're like <laughs> man why no yeah, yeah i mean i had to go home and hug, hug my wife after that game like that was yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and anytime a game elicits an emotional reaction like that i think that's some form of like artistic triumph right like uh that's yeah that's something someone's achieved something there right they've you know designed this experience for you and you've had it and you're like and it, and it worked right like that's uh that's not a guaranteed thing in game design right no, it's not. And it's very difficult to, um, without, you know, basically doing is like, okay, there's a disaster. This is, you know, what are we, you know, it's like the, the first they came, right? That mm -hmm. particular RPG that we re reviewed uh, last year ah, about, yes. <laughs> about the Nazis coming for the, people in the attic like it that is straight to straight up trying to do a type two fun mm -hmm. it's the only explanation but it doesn't work like it is right and it, it <laughs> right. for very obvious reasons it doesn't work it is it is a a terrible example of, of a way of doing that and um you know there it, it is like it's going from those like hikers in the woods to people that actually experience a real natural disaster, right? There's a like real human disaster, yeah, yeah, like a yeah, re a real human, human tragedy, yeah. real human tragedy, right? Is is like no one is saying that that's fun, nor <laughs> is it fun to play those people. Like, yeah, the the old ladies you meet at Jewish community centers and tell you about the Holocaust are not like telling you it was type two fun, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and and we're just kind of like, and, and that's the balance, and that's the balance with dealing with. And I think that's one of the reasons you don't see a lot of historical, at least relatively recent based RPGs, is because it's like, well, you know, it's like a RPG about Vietnam, like the American Vietnam conflict, like, right. like <laughs> there are, but they're mostly lean into the archetype of the you know vietnam war movie right. after that like, like or they you know throw some nerd crap on top of it and do you know fall of delta green right of. fall of delta green being the 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 example i was going to go to thank you nolan for transit <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah it's it, it it is like but it still can have that like it can have those apocalypse now moments mm -hmm. in it because it has that like attached to it, but you can't, you know, you can't just put Colonel Kurtz in there <laughs> and play as one of the cultists of Colonel Kurtz and think that's going to be fun. Like you, right. it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Your other mention of like dark history and whatever, and you know, that's probably not type too fun. Like, I think that's related to some, you know, this is another topic we'll get to some other day, right? But, you know, I always have questions uh, about how to like deal with RPGs that want to talk about like the stories of uh, 
oppressed people and minorities and so forth. And uh, I don't know how to see that because, like, if I want to, like, on one hand, like, if I take it in good faith, like, they want to see it, then I kind of maybe I feel like I'm just like a tourist, like, playing this game of their experience. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, do it wrong. But on the other hand, like, they publish this thing, you know, they want their narratives and their stories, like, out in the world. And I, like, I'm always very going back and forth in my head between these two things, but that's a bigger story for another episode. But related to what you said about um, historical uh, tragedies and whatever, we don't usually RPG that, but another type two fun type game, right, that came early, early in the so-called story game movement uh, was Steal Away Jordan, right, which is like an RPG designed to do like slave narratives and you know, escape slave narratives and that kind of uh, thing. And that's like, that's always when I've been like, man, I don't know how I would approach this game because it's like both like a type two kind of like, we're going to tell a terrible tragedy here. And it's like this his terrible historical time. And like, what? Oh my, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how to approach those. So that's, uh... yeah, that, that's, that's a very difficult subject. And, you know, we've talked some of, somewhat about it in other episodes but uh mm -hmm. i i think that like it's one of those things where what can you what are you trying to get out of a game right and and in some ways like in some ways game some games were written by the author just to deal with whatever that is right that that i mean yes they were meant to be played um but there is like a well i mean it's it would be interesting but it's all it is from like sometimes the writer just has to write it to get it out of <laughs> right <laughs> yeah a, well, a it, way it, of expelling it from themselves or whatever right yeah. and in some ways like i'm gonna say dogs in the vineyard right mm -hmm. someone who's he was trying to deal with his upbringing in that space and uh but setting it you know in a historical situation right it's but for it's, the for those that might not be familiar dogs in the vineyard is vince baker's like part of his attempt to deal with his like mormon upbringing and like right like and, strong religious mormon upbringing and he he's mostly said well i'm not gonna that's i'm not gonna publish that again that's really that was that was then that was a thing i did and, yeah that was, that was yeah he's you can no longer buy it he yeah he that was this thing he was dealing with when he wrote it and like he sold it for a while and it did quite well and was you know uh you know well received critically and so forth uh but he's like yeah i don't think it's necessarily good to be attacking my former religion in this way and like they're earnest people who believe this and i you know yeah it's kind of right backed away from it right? and but, but he needed to write it right yes he needed to write it and you know in in some ways you know there are some games that are you know better left just read <laughs> and, and it's there are games that like big like we always talk about bluebeard's bride Mm -hmm. right and that was paul was gonna run bluebeard's bride in another week and i'm yep. very interested to see and i think it's written in such a way that 
as long as you have good and this is i think the the answer to all this is if you have good intentions mm -hmm. and as long as you're not like as long as the game okay. itself has good intentions right. <laughs> if the game has good intentions and you approach it with good intentions you're probably going to fuck up and use some stereotypes and tropes that society has plugged into your brain and you can't escape uh, and you probably shouldn't be doing that but if you're doing it with good intentions like yeah, I think you should be forgiven for going forward with that. I think that's. But as long as it and it makes you think about those it, those right. th those situations, right? It if you after you play something like that and you go, hmm, that was odd. Maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. You know, yeah. And, and um, you know there there is uh, those kinds of situations. Um, can happen in a lot of games even games that are not written that way so um well i mean it's heck how many games of dungeons and dragons have been like i'm going to imprison my my uh, uh heroes first off so they have to escape a prison like right, right. away right that 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 is somewhat very um very blind a little bit to think of to, that they you know that they're just you're just randomly imprisoning them they did you know whether they did something and whether you're dealing with the actual realities of prison or you're just trying to run the escape fan the the power fantasy of escaping from prison from an oppressive right. situation or running the great escape or whatever yeah right <laughs> exactly or you're just trying to get to the beginning of the dirty dozen or some other yeah. you know like yeah I, I think that's at least from the people that i like read that tend to make these kind of games like chris spivey and and um uh mark ds truman you know they both the, these guys say okay yes these are not your experiences but as long as you have the good intentions you can have some interesting experiences that can make uh things uh have a um you you can have some type two fun being a you know cartel being a gangster mm -hmm. you know but it's hard to say that about bluebeard's bride <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um, and yeah my first uh yeah specifically for that reason like i own i bought the fancy fancy you know from the kickstarter bluebeard's bride kit but the very first time i played it was you know kayla was our gm and i was like okay good like this is you know she will you know control the you know feminine horror of this and i will be the you know recipient of that and like understand like better right well it's like velvet glove yeah. right velvet glove is you know a, a uh, female gangs dealing with male oppression right right but it's uh, kind of coded more in the Similar with Night Witches, right? The Warriors, like, right? Yeah, Night Witches. Like it's also it, yeah. one of the moves is like act up, you know, and not you know don't don't act like you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, someday I Night would Witches. like to play Haunted West, but yeah. first Night I Witches need to get is... a degree in Western history <laughs> by reading the book first. Yes. For those that don't know, Night Witches, uh, yeah, is the. RPG about the Soviet uh, women 
in World War II who were given, you know, old World War One era like planes and told like, go kill some Nazis. We're out of like bombs here. Take a railroad tie and drop it on German position from a crappy old World War One, you know. But they would, you know, kill the uh, they would kill the engines before they went over uh, and just glide over the German camps. So the Germans called them Noctex and Night Witches, you know, like. Uh, and uh, Haunted West is Chris Spivey's, you know, story about uh, people of color in the Old West, like, you know, very, very cool stuff. Uh, hometown DC boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and it, it's really cool stuff. And I think, you know, there are, there is, you know, like playing even Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, there are power fantasies to be had in there, but there's a lot of terrible stuff. <laughs> That you mm-hmm. do and other people do to you, yeah. In Vampire the Masquerade, right? Drama. That's true. Vamp- people play vampire like a couple different ways, right? Some people play it as basically, you know, the Matrix, right? Superheroes in black trench coats, and, you know, goth superheroes, right? And like, oh yeah, you know, I go get some blood or whatever. And various editions of Vampire have dealt with this, varying levels of sensitivity but some of them are like actually deal with the fact that like no this is a terrible thing you're doing like you have to kill people you are monsters and you're doing terrible things to try and survive because even the monsters even the immortal monsters still need to have do these terrible things right right so it, it, it there is different ways of i mean you can play D D like it's a type two fun where you're just re you're trying to simulate simulate like a march through a wilderness right that, i mean peasant know. funnels might a little bit be that right in like osr style game i think like, it's a little more DC it's a little funnel. more campy when you do a peasant funnel right when yeah. you're like ah ha ha you know these guys are all gonna die and i've got six of them like <laughs> it's a little more splatter fun it is i think it's yeah. More type one fun than type two. Yeah, fun. it's more like you were mentioning those like, you know, fifties B movies and eighties, you know, you know, campy, campy horror movies, right? Where it's like, yeah, it's like, something bad's gonna happen, but like, we're all in it to have fun, you know, type one fun a little bit, right? Like, we're gonna laugh as it as it happens, right? Exactly. So, like, I think a lot of games can be played in both modes. Or even, I'll call it type three unfun, <laughs> where you're basically kind of like you're disaster touristing. I'm just, I just want to separate that part out of type two because, like, right. I feel like it's important to talk about in the context of role playing games is like, yeah, there's a ty- there's a third type of unfun, right? That it's like on the spectrum or whatever. Where like, yeah, you're getting your emotional catharsis and whatever by yeah, like playing out somebody else's tragedy yeah like that's a little that's a little questionable yes and that that is the line you walk when you play some of these games and that's i i am glad that we the that the hobby has matured enough to start having more interesting or games that are attempting to do more different emotions i mean that we've always had that but it just seems like there's kind of a whole genre of different emotional like emotional t- st- style of games like trying to emulate drama 
is now more of a thing than it has ever been. Right. Before. And I am 1000% with you on that. Like, um, you know, I've been playing stupid elf games, right. Since whatever, 1994, whenever I first played my first game of second ed, right. Some sometime around 94. Um, and yeah, if the only fun, the only type of fun available was, you know, Oh, I level up, I get a new magic sword. Like, I would not still be playing this decades. I would not still be playing these games decades later. The fact that these new types of, you know, uh, fun and new experiences and new, you know, games that can elicit different emotions are around. Like, yeah, that's, that's kept it fresh and interesting. And that keeps me still loving this hobby. Right. Um, I think that's very important. I mean, heck the heck we were, we were playing uh, the between, right yep i ran some between yeah and, and that we were very speaking much, of scheduling problems <laughs> speaking of scheduling problems i had to fill in the between with between our in between yeah that's that's gonna be hilarious so we should just okay it's an in-between night it's a it's exactly a, um we, and it was very much a gothic a gothic story gothic yeah, ghost victorian story, yeah gothic. right and um that that sort of like uh uh you know looking into that past is sort of in that type two fun thing like we weren't like beating up a bad guy or like you know uh, uh chasing anybody chasing serial killers down or you know whatever whatever you want to call type one fun <laughs> right yeah it, it had a it has I, I do like it too. It's got a, a like pacing mechanic in the beginning where it's like, okay, the day phase is supposed to be slower and you get some time to breathe with these characters. And then the night phase is more frenetic. And like, that's when all the crazy terrible shit happens to you. Like, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Right. And yeah, that's the kind of thing that, that keeps you, you know, different kinds of fun, different kinds of emotional experiences. Uh, just to pe fill people in uh, between is the, uh, Brindlewood Bay kind of based uh, Victorian monster hunters, you know, you're these weird Victorian people that hunt vampires in a gritty, gritty well, London. Right? You're not necessarily vampire hunters. You're mystery yeah, sure. solvers. Yeah. Think of yeah, you're mystery League, solvers. Of Le League of Extraordinary Gentlemen are Penny Dreadful is the actual. Penny uh, Dreadful is the main. Yeah. If you've right. Seen but, that on... uh, and since this may come out the week of Halloween ish you you could very quickly digest that game and run it very quickly right and and that was why i had it prepped for filling in the schedule is like my local group here is going to have a october whatever next weekend and i was prepping penny dreadful for halloween and then we had a gap in our schedule and i plugged my shit in right like right but it's always it is good to like if you're gonna it's nice that if you can run something you can run it like multiple uh, at least once before with a more you know a yeah a group right that's like a bit more i i think running it for our more advanced group first <laughs> to kind of work out some of the bugs yeah. is is quite uh quite handy so yeah i always like to run something before especially before i do think like a con or whatever but yeah so Okay, well, this uh, rambling rant of uh, of a thing 
uh, may or may not see light of day, but it'll see the Patreon. So, yeah, at some point. Uh, I'm I appreciate the patrons. I appreciate you, you as even a listener. If you uh have a chance, uh, please uh, hey, give us a rating if you think this is interesting. I've I've been sort of toying with uh what what to do with this show. So if you think that this show is worth uh fighting for, go ahead and fight for it with uh with a rating somewhere you can rate things and send it to me. Even if you do it so anonymously over the internet, uh, and uh, I, uh, I think, uh, oh, and uh, if you love podcasts, I highly recommend uh, picking up uh, Diogo Nogueira's new Weird Games and Weirder People uh, podcast. We'll we'll have Diogo on uh, pretty soon, I think. Yeah, I'm almost current on it, and it's it's good stuff. It's 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 weird in all the best ways. It it's weird and intimate. With the, it's a him talking to one other person in a great interview style. I I really enjoy it. Um, and uh, hey, I probably be on there at some point in the future. Um, so, anyways, uh, thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs>